Hey folks, welcome to episode 228 of the FLW Podcast in Shaftesbury, Vermont. I'm Jody White, joined, as always, by Kyle Wood from Hopkins, Minnesota. Hello! Kyle, I can't tell you how good it is it is to be in the north uh, around <laughs> just fish that are dumb as rocks. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, as I think especially for you coming you know, from, uh, Kentucky Lake has got the worst be, lake in the country. <laughs> uh, like you probably feel like the best fisherman. You probably feel like Brian thrift right now. Let me tell you yesterday I went fishing multiple times. I saw a fish on a bed, made one cast to it and caught it. And when I say multiple, I mean more than 10 times. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> the first one I was like, just the fish was cruising. And I was like, I fired a Sanko. Well, a max scent general over there right, and it right. goes sploosh it's like the worst cast ever mm-hmm. and he swims over and grabs it i'm like well i'll be <laughs> it's great <laughs> let me tell you um but anyhow we are going to talk about i don't know fishing things etc uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. later on in the show um but i guess we'll sort of we're going to start off i did an interview with uh moo bay uh he's a competitor in the upcoming th marine BFL All-American, um, presented by General Tire Yep. on the Potomac. Uh, and so I talked with him. That was good. And then uh, we're going to talk about Clear Lake and about 30,000 BFL events. And yeah, that if you should... like tournament stuff, this one's for you. Well, I feel like I say that a lot, but for real. Like, if you like BFL tournament stuff, buckle up. Here's the thing. We do tournaments. That's, like, our thing. Mm-hmm. That's We've true. Got, we have a lot of them. So yeah, you probably do like it if you listen to this podcast, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, as a brief programming note, uh, I've got Nessie with me in the room that I'm recording in, and I'm in. Which is Jody's dog, in case anyone's curious. Or yeah. Well, mom's dog. Mom's really. dog. Uh, uh, not Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, uh, yeah, which well, would actually make more sense if you said Champ, because that would be the monster that lives in Champlain. <laughs> Yeah, but Nessie's a cuter name than Champ, and we're not, you know, Champ, I guess, could be a she, could be a he, we don't really know. I feel like Nessie's more generally a she, and Nessie, the dog, is also a she. Yeah, that's fitting. Um, Yeah, but anyway, so Nessie's in here. She might make some noise. Hopefully she won't make too much noise. Also, I'm in a house and whatnot, and there's people moving around, so there might be some noise from that. Uh, I dig it. And then, also next week, when... I am down at Potomac, and you're in Minnesota. We are going to find ways to record. We're going to have some All-American content. We're going to have some College Fishing National Championship content. We just don't know exactly what days it's going to happen. Right, right. But anyhow, let's go ahead. We'll uh, throw you over to Moo, and then you and I will talk fishing. Love it. All right, and now we are joined by Moo Bay. Uh, Moo qualified at the uh, Chesapeake Bay in the uh, fall and is in just a little bit getting ready to fish the bfl all-american on the potomac river uh moo thanks for taking the time to come on i really appreciate it Uh, no problem thank you for having me well i i guess before we before we dive too deep into you know the actual potomac 
I'm kind of interested to get a vibe on just you. So, the I mean, the All-Americans, is, it's a huge tournament, and you've fished a lot of FLW events. I know you won a Costa, I think, as a co-angler once, but how did... Uh, how did you get started in fishing? Like, how did you, how did you get to this point? Oh, wow. Uh, such a long story, but, uh, I guess I started like fishing for bass when I was back in the early eighties and a good friend of mine, um, him and I started fishing a lot of the local ponds and his father got us into a local club and that way it just, carried on and we started fishing a lot of the team tournament and we started doing well so um, once i back in like i think 2004 is when i first found out that there's a co-angler where you can fish from the flw and i was blown away with the bfls and i just fell in love with it i started fishing everything from bfl to costa to tour i mean i was on the water every weekend <laughs> so yeah and you were crushing it i mean not that you haven't caught on now too now too but like you were i think sixth in calling your points in the shenandoah division in 2005 and like you were the shenandoah division aoi on the boater side in 2013 so like you've been you've been doing this a while you're not really a newcomer to to this to high level no, competition I, I fished a lot as a co-angler just because I didn't have a boat when I was younger. So, um, you know, my first, I remember like my first BFL tournament, like out of the five tournaments, I caught maybe one fish, I think. And it gave me a, uh, like a different thoughts on how to fish as a co-angler. And the following year after that, I, uh, I did pretty well and made the regionals and, I mean, there were times like fishing the BFL, I had a couple of shots at making the All-American and uh, it just, it just killed me on the last days. And, uh, but this one was really special just to um, be able to make it uh, this time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause you fished like, I mean, you fished the uh, Forestwood Cup as a co-angler back when, you know, back when that was out there, you fished tour events as a co-angler um, but this is kind of, this is probably the biggest tournament that you've are going to fish, uh, except maybe the Costa championship, uh, as a boater, which is kind of, it's a big deal. It is. It really is. This is a, such a privilege to be in this situation and, and to have it on home water. It's just, uh, I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, for sure. You, so you qualified out of the Chesapeake Bay uh, last year, uh, you finished third. Can you kind of, you, uh, you don't need to run through like how you caught your fish or anything, but just how you got into that tournament and what that one was like to, uh, to actually qualify. Sure. Um, I really didn't qualify. And when I, uh, when I was fishing those, uh, individual events, I knew I had shot of making the regional and on my, um, on the super tournament, it, we had such a torrential rain that I couldn't get my boat out of my uh, driveway. Uh, my boat was. You, I remember stuck. you sent me the picture. It was um, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't get my boat out, so I called Alan, um, the the director, and I said, "Alan, I, I can't 
I can't make it to the tournament. So uh, I think I was in like 20 some uh, place and it dropped me out to like 60th or something. And I, I knew that I wasn't going to make the regional. So uh, I kind of never thought about it. And then I think the day before the tournament, um, someone from the FLW called me and said, oh, would you like to fish it? And I said, well, I called my wife and I was like, can I go fishing? And she's like, you better go. So <laughs> I went out for a half day practice, like before the registration and like the first lay down I saw, first pitch I made, I caught a four pounder and then I moved off to the next one and second lay down, I caught another four pounder and I was like, wow, I'm done. <laughs> so I turned around and just put my boat back on the trailer and I knew where I was going to start. So, and and it just kind of worked out from there. Short, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sure. After that, I just went practicing during the tournament and seems like there were fish literally everywhere I went to. So I was very fortunate with that. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Um, what was it like to find out you made the all American? Cause that's something, especially fishing the, the BFLs as long as you have, you know, on both sides of the, of it, that's something that, I mean, some people never make an All-American. It's really hard to do. It, it's, it was an amazing feeling. I knew when I caught my last fish on the second day, it was a, I think it was like a four and a half pounder. And I, I just knew I, I made it. I, I, I don't, I didn't think I was going to win it, but I knew I made it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that time of the year on the Chesapeake, I, I have a, pretty good record on the Chesapeake, although I don't fish the Chesapeake enough. So, but very happy to fish, um, uh, make, make the All-American. I, I was just ecstatic with it. That's awesome. Um, what are your, I want to dive into sort of the Potomac and how you think it's setting up a little bit and some of that, but as you, obviously you've made the All-American. I know, uh, in years past, you fished the Coast FLW series. What are you? Uh, are you fishing the coasts again this year? What's your like? What's your general fishing schedule like? Because you said now you've got a family, you're fishing. A, you're fishing a little bit less and spend a little more time at home. Yeah, last year I fished the BFLs and the Costa. This year I took off uh, resting my arm. I had a tennis elbow, so I rested for about six months of not doing the BFLs and more focusing on the All-American, and uh, I will be fishing the Costa this year. So uh, I just love the way the FLW sets up the Costas, and uh, it's just a great event. Awesome. Um, and that Northern Division does, I think, comes back to the Potomac this year, which ought to be right up your alley. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> that's a double-edged sword because, you know, being on the Potomac or living nearby doesn't always give you the advantage and a lot of times you see people from canada or somewhere south that comes out and just crushes them on the potomac so yeah i, I think, think a lot of times the, the history kills you <laughs> yeah it might and last year was like one of your best years fishing the costas and we didn't go to the potomac that year either and you did uh you did really well 
you know, when when they go out fishing for smallies, I, I just love smallmouth fishing and like, you know, fishing the Champlain, the Detroit River and Thousand Islands. It, it was during the tour seasons. I love fishing with the pros and uh, I got to learn so much about it and it just suits my style of fishing. Cool. Good deal. Um, so your tennis elbow, are you all healed up, ready to go? You can make every cast in the book, uh, come, uh, come day one. It's still sore, but you know, it's not hundred percent. I'm going to probably be fishing more of the bay casting rods more than my spinning rods. I'm more comfortable with my spinning rods, but it just hurts too much to go all day with it. So really? we'll see how it goes. All right. I almost would have thought that would be the opposite, but I've never had tennis elbow, and I guess, you know, you got to do whatever is going to work best for you. Yeah, it actually, the pain started ha- happening on the first day of regional tournaments, and I, if you see my videos, I've ne- I haven't, I couldn't pick up my spinning rod, so I had to use all my bait casting rod to cast with my left hand almost. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And you uh, and you still made it. How? Uh, yeah. So you you mentioned a little bit ago that you've been on the water. You've kind of scouted out the Potomac some, maybe not as much as uh, some years. But what's uh, what do you think we're going to see in this tournament? I don't need to know uh, waypoints and everything for your competitors to uh, get the vibe. But uh, what's what's the fishing like? Fishing is actually very tough. Oh, actually, I, I can't say it's tough. It's it's a it's a mix depending on the day. And I fish from Aquia up to well, past Woodrow Wilson Bridge and uh, everything in between. I mean, but the hardest thing that I found this year was that there's not enough grass. Uh, you know, when you think about when you say Potomac River, it's normally grass fishing river and. Uh, the people that are going to do well are people who can find that uh, nice, healthy grass with, you know, good three three plus pounders in them. So, and, and and that's going to be hard to come by. And that once, if they do find them, I'm sure it's going to be a community hole where everyone everyone's going to be packed into it. So, yeah, I could see that because I'd heard that too, and I know that you know these last few years, the. Uh, like the fishing on the Potomac has been really good and there's been a lot of grass. And I was kind of surprised to hear that this year there was less grass. Um, but I guess the fish are still there, right? Like the population still seems like it's clicking along really well. Would you say? Oh yeah. I mean, there's plenty of, plenty of fish to go around. It's just a matter of finding that, uh, you know, the winning fish. Uh, I think people are going to come in with, you know, easy limits. It's just a matter of, are they going to catch that 15 to 18 pound bag? That's, I think that's, that's the ticket on winning the Potomac. So for sure, this might be, do you, with as much as you fished, do you like to like hang out in an area or two, or do you have the knowledge of the river and knowledge of the tides where you can really play those to your advantage? Cause to me, that's something that could really separate some of the locals from sort of your out of your out of towners you know guys who might never have fished a tidal fishery before in their life yeah i mean although i'm from this area i i am nowhere near what you call local because 
I, I don't fish the tide. I, I fish just the moment of how it sets up. If I feel like it's it's something good or if I'm getting a few bites here and there, I'll stick around. But normally there's so many places on the Potomac that I want to hit and it's just not enough time in the day to hit them all. So uh, I try to hit all the sweet spots and um, run around a lot, actually. So I'll, I'll basically be junk fishing a lot. <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I'll sort of wrap up and talk a little All-American. Like, what are uh, what are some of your goals for this event? I mean, I assume you'd love to win, and that's probably the number one goal. Um, Definitely. I but, mean, I don't think there's anyone on in this field that doesn't want to win, so... <laughs> Um, is it, but it's also just an accomplishment to be, to be there. And maybe you might, you know, you get to, you might get to fish the final day. You might get to be on FLW live. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really cool stuff at stake. Do you know, do you know what you do if you won? Cause a lot of people, when they win, you know, it lets them fish the tour. It can really change a career. Uh, if you won, do you think you would do that? Or do you think it would be a phenomenal achievement? but you're going to sort of leave it at that for now. Uh, this, this is a question that my wife and I, we said this earlier this week that, um, you know, if I win this, it will be a life-changing uh, event, and I will definitely go full out next year as a on the tour. So, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, if I, I want to win, and it will – it will really change my mind on moving forward as a uh, pro fisherman. Yeah, because right now, like you've got, you know, you've you've got a family. You are you're fishing locally. You're fishing regionally. It's a whole big another step to say we're going to take it on the road. We're going to fish the tour. We're going to like try to be a pro. And I think obviously, if you win the All American, that's that's the opportunity that's right there for you to to an extent. Yeah, it's definitely a stepping stone, and it would, you know, justify my position to fish as a tour tour pro. And uh, you know, I ha- I haven't gotten that confidence to go that far. Um, I mean, although I could just go ahead and pay my entry fee to fish the tour, but I just, you know, that just doesn't um, satisfy me on um, just fishing the tour just be- just because uh, I want to show that I can win on the boater side and and especially when it comes down to something big as you know all American yeah for sure well I'm definitely looking forward to the tournament I know the fishing might not be like exactly what what it would have been this time last year but it's still gonna be good it's still the Potomac um, which is a pretty fun place to fish and I I just love the all-american to death it's one of the coolest tournaments out there and I'll, uh, I guess we'll see you there. Um, before I let you go, is there any, uh, do you have any social media or anything you want to plug any places where we can get a little more moo in our lives? <laughs> well, I do have a YouTube channel, just moo bay. Um, and, and you can see all my fishing from on the Potomac. Most of them are on the Potomac. So no, I mean, the places that I'm fishing are really no secret. They're all basically community hoes and um, there there are a lot of the community hoes on the Potomac so it's not like you, you can hide from anything so 
All but right. Well, it's a good place that, to do research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but please subscribe <laughs> if you like it. So. All right. Well, man, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate the time, and uh, I'll see you in not too long uh, down in Maryland. Yes. Thank you for having me, Jody. I'll be I'll be seeing you on the All American. Okie dokie. We are back, and Kyle, it is your turn because man. You uh, did the editing for Clear Lake, and I need to learn a lot about that. <laughs> and uh, also, we had a lot of BFLs, and that's kind of your zone too. So uh, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> yeah, you just sit back, Jody. Uh, you know, sip on some tea or whatever you're doing. Uh, yeah, we had uh, the second event of the Coast FLW Series Western Division uh, this past weekend. Uh, it was on Clear Lake, presented by Ranger Boats. Uh, and it was um, it was a pretty solid event. I think it could have been a lot better had the weather been different. Like, it had been really nice there for, well, really for most of their practice. And a lot of the spring has just been pretty gorgeous. Uh, not the case during the event. It was cold. It was windy. It was rainy. Um, and I think that definitely hurt a little bit. There were fish in kind of all phases of the spawn, um, especially on day one. A lot of guys caught it fish that were on beds um however kyle grover uh ultimately wound up winning the event um he actually day one caught 16 13 he's noted for being bad on clear lake this time of year right (laughs) yeah we'll we'll get to that here in a second we'll get to that uh but yeah 16 13 on day one which on clear lake is kind of like a what are you doing it had him in the 20s somewhere i think uh place wise which is actually I feel like Clear Lake in the fall, like when that when it's good, you know, and guys are catching like thirty pound bags, or from what we've seen in in Costa competition, like sixteen pounds would have you in like fiftieth place. Yeah, so I do think though. I mean, I think the lake is back on the upswing, but I think it had a couple like significantly down years. So it's not just a time of year thing, you know. Right, right, and it it definitely uh, the fish looked a lot healthier too. I feel like there were some times where we were there that the fish just kind of looked like, eh. Um, Yeah. So you're definitely right on that. Um, But yeah, sixteen, thirteen, day one, he catches twenty three, fourteen on day two, um, and on the final day he weighed the biggest limit of the event, twenty six pounds two ounces. Uh, They gave him sixty six, thirteen overall, and his first win. Uh, of his career heading into the final day joe uribe was leading and i think a lot of people thought like oh dude's gonna do it again uh but kyle grover was fishing henderson point which is like one of the biggest community holes on the lake uh he's throwing a football jig he was throwing a phoenix football jig uh he had a half ounce jig that he would throw with the rage bug he threw that pretty much uh when it was super windy especially on day two when he caught that bigger bag and the i mean it was blowing something fierce uh, if you look at the on the water photos, it looked like kind of Great Lakes esque. Uh, I'm told that soul. Clear Lake can get very rough, and I really have a, a bit of a hard time believing it mm-hmm. that they think what what they call really rough <laughs> right. is really rough. But it looks pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, it did not look fun. Um, so yeah, the half ounce jig was kind of the deal, especially on that day when it was really windy. But his real juice was a 3 8 ounce model of that Phoenix football jig with a 3-inch Berkeley Chigger Craw for a trailer. Um, he said he thinks, because he saw a lot of people fishing this point, uh, and obviously he 
fished it. He fished it a lot slower, um, and he liked the lighter jig because he said, quote, uh, it forced me to fish really slow on the bottom, and it wouldn't snag as much. Uh, and that was pretty much it, I guess. Those are the two points. I just blended them together. But uh, he did catch some crank in a Norman DD-22, but really the football jigs were the juice. And, like, on the final day, he caught a 7-pounder on his second cast. On the second day, he caught a 6-pounder on his second cast or first cast. Like, things were happening for Grover. Um, and he really juiced it. Like, it was a pretty good rally for him to build steam throughout the event. A lot of guys kind of, like, peaked early and then just sustained. Um Lane Olson led on day one. He had 25 pounds. He wound up with 53.4 total. So, you know, kind of just slowly started well, falling not off. The, not even, what, just a little more than double? Yeah, yeah. What he had day one for two more days of fishing. Like, yeah. And then, uh, and he really, he won by a pretty significant margin, too. Yeah, almost like, nine pounds. That's That's quite a bit. Yeah, he won by, like, almost nine pounds. So he crushed it, basically. Yeah, and like nine pounds is—it's really—it's quite a bit on any fishery. Uh, I guess maybe not quite as much on Clear Lake when you think about the size, the caliber of some of those fish in there. But mm-hmm. still, nobody else was really close to him. Yeah, he was also one of the few anglers that caught uh, multiple twenty-plus pound bags, uh, which was pretty impressive. The one thing. Uh, that I didn't really grasp, and I don't know if maybe um, it'd probably be good to talk to Kyle, but I assume some of these fish were post-spawn, um, but in some of his, well, in a lot of the pictures, his big ones, like they look kind of beat up in the tail, but they were kind of fat, so I assume they'd been out there for a little bit eating, um, but hard to say. Whether they were coming or going, probably a little of both, I would imagine. Uh, there were big ones there, and Grover took full advantage of it. For sure. Um, on that note, uh, we should probably talk a little bit of fantasy fishing. Um, and I say fantasy fishing, it's, you know, you and I's picks here. Uh, right, right. Which you did not pick Kyle Grover. Um, I did not. And he did not make you regret it, because the rest of you guys did really well, too. That's right. That's right. It was uh, actually pretty good. I think I won. You did. You did. So it's a uh, <laughs> it's a uh, three to four now. So I am definitely in the uh, full on terrified mode. Um, <laughs> and uh, Joey Rube, Michael Caruso, and Adrian Loberg led you to victory. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, and Jimmy Reese, thank you very much for helping me lose. Love you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyhow, should we talk a little bit about the college fishing event that was also held on Clear Lake? Yeah, I suppose we can. There was a high school event too. Do we want to, I don't know if we want to get that far. Well, I don't have pattern details for the high school event, but I've got them for the college fishing event. So maybe a weight mention would be something of notice. Uh, for the Uh, high school event? Yeah. Just because I felt like they caught them pretty good. All right. You find that. I'll talk about college fishing. Roger that. So anyway, uh, Chico State won, uh, as they are wont to do. Uh, this Chico State team was Carson Lieber and Chad Switzer. 
Um, I wonder if it's uh, Brett Lieber is related Ooh. to Carson Lieber. Maybe I'm spelling, maybe in my head their names are spelled differently, though. I'm not sure on that. Uh, but anyhow, this uh, event was presented by Costa, and they had 17 pounds, 9 ounces. Uh, they started fishing near Rattlesnake Island, uh, dragging a jig on rock, um, and then later in the day, they started throwing a mega bass offshore around grass. And they caught a bunch of keepers doing that. Um, and they, apparently they say they should have tried it a little bit earlier. But either way, they caught most of their fish on the jig. And 17.9 was enough for the dub. Um, New Mexico State, uh, Ty Falconer and Dalen Smith had 16.11 for second. And hmm. uh, 12 and change was enough to get 10th. So, not like wild weights, uh, but, you know, decent, I suppose. I gotcha. What's well, our the, high school update? The high school fishing event, which would have been held on Sunday, uh, was Bueno. Uh, the Lake County High School team won it. Uh, Cooper Goff, Nathan Phillips, 23 pounds, 9 ounces. Dudes sacked him up. That's pretty good. Uh, nineteen fourteen was second. Nineteen three was third, and their tenth place was sixteen two. That's so, really good. Yeah, mad props to the high school kids. You guys crushed it. Yeah, um, college guys, step it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, getting showed up by them younger boys. Yeah, I don't get it. That doesn't make sense, but. Such is life. Mm-hmm. Um, is it time to talk about VFLs already? Man. Well, yeah, we need it because... We're going to need were, like an hour. There were eight of them, I think, over the weekend. Some kind of uh, sort of boring. Some kind of sweet. We had a few divisions kick off for the first time. We had some divisions that are on like their fourth or fifth event. So uh, follow along on the journey. Uh, I also, as I usually do, these go or should be in at least like ascending order of weights. So we'll start out kind of meh and end on kind of yay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Arky Division event. Uh, this was on Greer's Ferry. Uh, Tyler Matlock won it with 11 pounds, 9 ounces. Uh, he basically was like fishing bushes either flipping them with the uh, Reaction Innovation Sweet Beaver or winding a spinnerbait, a half-ounce spinnerbait, uh, in and around them. Uh, that was pretty much it. Uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. Dylan Hayes got fourth. Uh, Spencer Shuffield fifth. Uh, also, this guy's, there's a guy named Shad Reeves, which is a pretty cool name. Oh, and Sean Gordon, second. Uh, duh. Sean Gordon's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that one. South Carolina event, uh, Lake Wiley. Uh, Mike Allman won it, 14 pounds, uh, 7 ounces. It was his first BFL he's ever fished. Uh, he was pretty stoked uh, to even, like, have won because he said – there's guys like Scott Hamrick, Shane Leinberger that 
fished those events and he was like well man i won dude uh, this was like the most pro heavy bfl ever it, it is i'll have you drop that knowledge uh it was a pretty straightforward deal uh allman caught his fish pretty early uh he was fishing like brim beds on the lower end of the lake flipping a half ounce jig with a speed craw which is very carolina of you so yeah very brim beddy too yeah hit us with it though um all right so i'm like scrolling and trying to get these guys right and be right but if i miss somebody it's because there's so many of them uh david williams tied for seventh he's good chris baumgartner uh shane lineberger um timmy tompkins Britt myers uh there was another one i think oh andy wicker oh yeah craig rosema who and then uh also ron farrow who didn't weigh in but fished so dang yeah like basically if you fished tour events in like the last three years you probably were in this derby dang yeah seriously a ton of them yeah that's (laughs) that's impressive uh but anyhow uh okay moving on david williams did the best though yeah you're our guy uh let's see we had uh oh volunteer division event on lake cherokee hunter sales won that one 14 pounds 12 ounces uh hunter actually uh fishes in college uh this was his first bfl tournament he's ever fished won it um he ran down uh to fish smallmouth early uh, fished a blue and chartreuse colored Kitek 2.8, which I assume what Brian main, meant by that is a uh, swing impact fat. You would uh, imagine. I would uh, guess on size. So he basically caught like 12 pounds mid morning on the small mouse and went looking for a large mouth. Uh, caught a bunch of large mouths uh, just on a swim jig uh, with a big bite bait, swim bait trailer, skipping it under like laydowns and docks and all that stuff uh but he says the smallmouth was the key to his victory um he weighed three large mouths two small mouths and won by eight ounces yeah i'm not great at math but that looks like eight yeah uh also you know shout out to Corey niece Derek blake nick huff uh all top 10 recipients yes for sure I like it. Uh, so then we had us a Great Lakes Division uh, season opener on the Mississippi River out of Lacrosse. The event was presented by Navionics. Cade Laufenberg won it. Um, no way. With a surprisingly low amount of weight. Uh, definitely thought it would take more to win. But we had some pretty wild weather uh, in this region, a lot of rain. Uh, a lot of cold and a lot of wind, which definitely doesn't make things easy. Uh, I think the water temp, this I guess this event would have been on Saturday. I know by Sunday, uh, down in Wabasha, the water temp and some of the backwaters dropped like 8 degrees. Uh, yeah, cold. Um, but Cade started fishing the north end of Pool 9, caught a limit for like 15 and a half pounds. Uh then he's it was like a staging area for large mouse to spawn. Um, he's throwing a Ned rig uh, with the Z-Man, the big TRD. 
and then he also flipped around a three eighths ounce uh, dirty jigs, the Matt Heron flipping jig. Uh, but then at the end of the day, he went up to pool eight, and he basically wound up catching two small mouse off a of bed, like in the last forty five minutes, uh, throwing the finesse TRD, the regular TRD, and that's basically what got the W for him because he only won by an ounce. So. So he needed every one of them. For sure. For sure. But yeah, like I said, the weight's like 16-7, won it, 16-6, second. 14-8 was 10th, uh, or there was a tie for 10th. Boy, it's so stacked up there, isn't it? Wait, so many The fish are just all the same size. Yeah, yeah. But normally this time of year, you see, you know, you'll see larger weights, and that just, I think the weather just had a little bit to play there. So either way. Uh, congrats. Uh, we mentioned the LBL division event on Kentucky Lake. 18 uh, 15 won it. Rob Vanderson won his second event of the season. Uh, fishing ledges, 5 8 ounce. Uh, DNL tackle, shaky head with a yum dinger. Uh, 20 to 25 feet of water was about. Uh, what do you say what he has for weight, by the way? 18 15. Oof. Yeah, tenth place was twelve nine. There were eighth and ninth place were only four fish. That's a uh, tough man. Yeah, that's a tough, tough deal. Remember a few years ago on Kentucky Lake when Randy Haynes was like literally oh, throwing oh. back three pounders because they weren't they were too small not even three pounders like three and three quarter pounders because he didn't want yeah, like, to like call them later good ones <laughs> gosh oh uh, yeah that's a it's a bad deal hey one of these days she might come back yeah oh yeah 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 i have faith i have less maybe we'll see well uh moving on we had a ozark division event uh on lake of the ozarks i think this was one of the rescheduled ones uh, Looks like they rescheduled yeah. it at a good time. Yeah. Oh, they did. Uh, 20 pounds, 12 ounces, won it. Uh, Adam Boley is what I'm going with. Uh, sorry, Adam, if I mess up your last name. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, pre- the event was presented by Bass and Bob. Um, he basically, it was like Shad Spawn deal in the morning, then he just ran points. Uh, caught him on a three-quarter ounce uh crocagator reaction jig with a rage bug i also caught him on a five inch uh zoom swimmer swim bait and some sort of six cents crankbait so did the early stuff uh shad spawny deal only caught like a dozen fish uh most of his fish on the swim bait uh no surprise that he threw a crocagator jig because that's very ozark of him uh, he actually caught a five and a half. This is the biggest one. The guy that owns Crocagator jigs, Jim Dill, was fishing the event. Uh, gave him some jigs in the morning. That's what he caught his big one on. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, he won by, let's see, quick math, five ounces. So another like pretty tight one for the hey, W. You want to know where Marcus Sakura finished? Oh, man. 58th. What? I was yeah. going to say, obviously not in the top 10. 58th, 12 9. Three guys, wow. four guys tied for 58 as a side note, <laughs> 12 wow. 9, which is That's impressive. a lot of guys tied. Yeah. Um, hmm. But anyhow, 
that's uh of note well right on uh let's see from there we had a mississippi division event on pickwick uh chris quaintance won that one 21 pounds five ounces um he basically was fishing like shallowy uh like patches of grass like uh six to eight foot of water uh he threw a quarter ounce striking swim jig uh he also threw a mean mouth pro rocker jig uh, with a Yamamoto flapping hog on it, and he caught a big one, his six and a half pounder off the net bait, uh, the T Mac worm. It's like their big, like uh, trick worm, basically. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much about it. Mm. Grass slightly offshore, and yeah, bingo, cool. bingo. Cool, cool. Pretty good weights, like a lot of 19 pounds up top, and then 10th place was 15-15. Brandon Perkins tied for 10th. Uh, shout out to Brandon. Well, I first clicked good. on this one in the emails because uh, it says, like, Mississippi, you know, it says by the division. I clicked on this as in thinking it was the Great Lakes oh, division. Right, And right. I was like, holy smokes, 21 pounds to win? <laughs> I was like, dang, they caught him. <laughs> and uh, then I realized it was Pickwick, and I was like, oh, you know, more regular. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, here's where they caught him, is the last BFL we had. Uh, also a season opener, Northeast Division on the Chesapeake Bay, which was presented by Navionics. Jason Berger caught 23 pounds, 9 ounces, uh, took home the W. Boy, did they uh, catch him. <clears throat> dude, they did. I thought this was kind of interesting. He said they've had a lot of rain this year, uh, and we're going to get real northeast for anyone listening that uh, isn't from around there. You just got to roll with me here. Uh, they opened up the Cunnawingo Dam. Oh, uh, baby. <laughs> which he said muddies up the water in the northeast area. Uh, and then when they close it, the water near... Harve de Grace? Ha- yeah. Have, have, man, have de Grace? I've been there, and you pr- you don't... I'm pretty sure you don't pronounce Hoff, it like that, but I don't know how you pronounce it. Harve de Grace? I'm, I'm butchering it. Uh, is the first cleanup, so that's where he went. Um, so he was catching spawning fish and, like, pre-spawn fish, uh, which is basically... He did, like, a half-ounce, uh, six-sense divine swim jig with a... X zone muscleback craw on it, and then he also did a three eighths ounce uh, Zmat chatterbait with a X zone swammer, which is like a it's like a kitek. Uh, then he also like for the bending fish threw a three eighths ounce six cents divine hybrid jig with an X zone rebel chunk, uh, and then of course you got to have some sort of senko thing, which his happened to be an X zone true center stick. Uh, so like, really to me. That screams, you know, up north fishing in the spring, right? Swim yeah. jig, stick bait, regular jig, boom. Well, if you're looking for, like, a Potomac preview, that's not a bad one. Now, the Potomac, from what I understand, has less grass and is not going to feature weights like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, man, swimming a jig and flipping a little bit and throwing a stick bait, like... Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fish caught on that in a couple weeks. Dude, the Chesapeake has great big ones that swim in it. 
it does. It's I think it's a pretty challenging fishery um, to like learn. Uh, I could see that, but because it's not, it kind of has community holes. But I think feel like the, I, I feel like the Potomac's community holes like lay out a little more obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but you know that being said, I think that uh, it's obviously a really good fishery. Uh, it seems like it might go up and down a lot, a little more than some of these other places. Like one year it's really good, and then the next year like you hit it bad a couple times and it's real tough, and then the year after that it turns out to be really good. But it's a it's a cool place. You know what's interesting is if you look at those tidal fisheries on the east coast, like whether it's the uh, like Winya Bay, James River, uh, the Chesapeake, all of those guys catch like nine pounders, like great big ones. And then the Potomac, you just never really hear about that. Yeah. Which back, I always thought was kind of weird. Back when I was in college, guys caught nine pounders. Um, and even like, I think somebody caught a 10 once, like pre spawn. Like mm. it, the Potomac had really big ones. And all I can think is maybe it gets pressured too much. Because the James gets fished a lot, but, you know, all those southern bodies of water do. I don't think Winyot gets a ton of pressure. And I don't think yep. the Chesapeake Bay gets a ton of pressure. But I think the Potomac, like, pretty steady always has boats on it. And I wonder uh, if that's it. I, I, that, I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, but, man, it does. It, you're right. that, Like, any of these other rivers, giants get caught. And in the Potomac, like, yeah, there's some big ones. But more it's just, like, good fishing. You know, not yeah, giants. Yeah, like, yeah like, real steady, consistent, good fishing. Yeah, like, you know, 15, 17, 18 pounds. Like, that's really good. And mm-hmm. a lot of people catch that. And they don't catch like real giants um yeah whereas you could have 19 pounds like when you bay but you have a nine and a half pounder so yeah you know like that's the only reason you you get them kicker bites yeah bite yeah interesting thing maybe we'll maybe you can learn more about that when you're at the potomac i some, honestly uh, i might around. We maybe might, you should uh, just go hang out with brian schmidt and go striper fishing on tuesday before the all-american i might you should just uh watch out <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt you with a good time dude i like catching stripers it's fun uh oh also that's it for pfls uh in case anyone's like oh is there a surprise bfl nope that's it we're done hey you did it kyle <laughs> we're we're over with it all righty um well that's pretty much it for tournaments for now uh kyle have mm-hmm. you been fishing have you been hunting what's your status report yeah, so I've been fishing a couple times, and as I mentioned, uh, I've gotten to throw the Strike King Thunder Cricket around. Oh, their new good. vibrating jig. I don't have any of them. It, uh, and let me tell you, I have a 3 8 ounce and a half ounce model, and I've been throwing the 3 8 and I am literally scared to death every time I cast it because I'm like, gosh dang, if a pike bites me off, knock on wood, we've survived so far. Uh, no promises it survives the weekend. I actually got to finish shooting photos of it for my review before I continue fishing with it because, uh, yeah, it, such is life in the North Country, I suppose, right? So, like, it's good or Pike just really like it? Here's the thing. If it's, well, I think it is a really good swim, uh, vibrating jig. The The difference to me early on seems like it is a subtler, tighter wobble 
than like a jackhammer. Uh, I would imagine that the blade design has something to do with that because you know it has like the corners are kind of missing. Uh, more so, uh, they're like rounded out, right? So it's like kind of fat blade with like a little tiny mm-hmm. tip that sticks up versus, uh, you know, the Z-Man one, which has like a bigger front lip. I feel like that thumps a lot harder. Uh, this seems like a tighter wobble. Um, and like a, it's got like a, yeah, like a tighter shimmy to it. It's not as like exaggerated of a roll maybe as a, as a Z-Man would have. Uh, but the fish seem to love it. Like the components on it have all held up so far. And I bet I've caught, uh, God, I love living in the North country, but I mean, I've fished it for maybe three hours and caught probably like 30 fish on it. I mean, the thing looks beat up. Like it's got teeth marks all over it. The skirt's kind of getting chewed up. Uh, but I haven't had any issues with the snap on it. I haven't had any issues with the blade, like bending or warping or doing anything weird. The hook is super meaty. I really like the hook keeper on it. Um, all in all, I think it'd be one to dive into. Where I'm curious about, like, because I've just been throwing it, and obviously a lot of these fish are fairly stupid. I want to know what it would do in, like, a situation where, like in a Florida, where everyone's throwing a, a jackhammer around. And then you fish it like behind people, you know, like, is this going to be a, a cool, like pressured body of water type of vibrating jig? Um, I can't speak on that yet, but that's, that was kind of one of the first things I thought about is like, oh man, this seems like a little stealthier. Maybe it'll, you know, find a place there. Not that you can't just throw it straight up and catch fish, but I'm, you know, if you find yourself maybe on the South end of Champlain and, uh, you know, you got guys, other guys throwing chatterbugs around, and you want to throw something a little different that still has, you know, some vibratiness to it. Maybe this is it. Interesting. Um, let's see. So, like, I'm curious about the snap. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is, like, the biggest fish that you've boat flipped with it? Four and a half. Okay. Well then probably their snap is, like, one up on the Z-Man snap. Because, like, that's the only bad thing about the Z-Man one is, like, if you watch that snap and you pull on it and you flip big fish and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it or you have, like, a pike, like, get its tooth stuck in it or something like that, like, there's more flex at that snap than I'd like there to be. Yeah, yeah. I uh I haven't really like tinkered around like I haven't like stared at the snap you know pulling on it yeah like, by hand I, to f- see. I feel like if you haven't noticed it it's probably fine you know what I mean yeah I I really haven't um, like I said that that four and a half was yeah definitely the biggest I've caught I don't know a handful that were three and a quarter to three and three quarter somewhere in there like it other than the skirts falling apart slightly sooner than I would like uh. That's about it. Seems yeah. like a pretty sweet deal. Which is an easy uh an easy fix. Oh, for sure, for sure. And not you know, I wouldn't say that would be a big knock on on any bait because I have had several pike uh that I've seen, like little tiny hammer handle pike, uh swipe at the bait and like steal the tail off my Zacco or uh I imagine that while those little stupid sharp teeth are flying around, they've probably also maybe gotten a chunk of skirt right 
kind of clipped it a little short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can do some damage pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, cool. I like it. I like it a lot. But that's the surprising thing uh, for the lakes around my house is, like, it hasn't seemed like that warm of a year. But the water temps are like 67 to 68 and a half on some of these little couple hundred acre lakes I'm fishing that are, I mean, they're all relatively small too, or shallow. Uh, so I get that they warm up faster. But, like, I caught a few fish off beds, which I can't remember the last time I've actually actively sought out a largemouth on a bed in minnesota like it's been a while although most of the time this time of year i would be trying to catch smallmouths so yeah. my focus usually isn't on a largemouth but it definitely wild like it shocked me a lot of the um i guess it's i think it's curly leaf pondweed i always called it june bloom i heard other people call it father's day weed um i have never heard either of those things so oh well there's some minnesota terms for you yeah, I like it. I, Father's Day weed, I never really got until it's usually dead by Father's Day or gone. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but, like, a lot of that is growing up in some of these lakes, too, which I feel like in years past I haven't seen this early, like before Memorial Day. Hmm. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. But fish are still chewing, and uh, I love that. I even caught some on a floating worm. Wow, that's very East Tennessee of you. I know. <laughs> um, so, like, I went fishing, and I was surprised at how... I was kind of surprised at how uh, how far along it was, too. Because on Erie, when I fished there, it was, like, not very far along. Um, oh, yep, yep. You know, they were fishing, like, 40 feet of water still. And it was, like, 30... The water was, like... I think the water was in, like, the mid to upper 40s. Um my graph is not doing temperature right now. Hmm, okay. Everything is 65. Uh, or 95. <laughs> it likes that number. <laughs> depending on how I set it. I've got... it. it something is wrong. Um, which I don't really super need the temperature. Like, you can, you can just go and see what the fish are doing. Uh, but, like, I went to St. Catherine, and I dropped the boat in, and... I started catching spawning largemouth left and right, and I was like, all right, this is what I expected. But then I went out to the main lake and started catching spawning smallmouth left and right, and I really didn't expect that because usually they're not spawning this time of year yet, you know? Usually it's later. Yeah, interesting. Which doesn't make sense because I thought everything was going to be a little bit later. So I guess we'll see. I haven't been on Champlain yet. I really can't wait to get up to Champlain for a little bit and... Like, just kind of see what's going on, like, what our vibe is. Because in my head, I'm like, man, this this tour event, the water's a little bit high. It's been a cold spring. Like, boy, those smallmouth are going to really be on beds But in, for our tour event. But maybe there's something going on with it, or maybe they're, like, getting ready to spawn right now or something. And I'm like, well, nope, I guess we were all just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? Um, hmm. Interesting. But, man, it's good to be around dumb fish, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, like, plentiful fish, too. You know, look, you can catch a... On Kentucky, like, you can catch a fair number of, like, you know, 10 inches. And there's plenty of lake... And, like, the lakes in Illinois, like, you can go and you catch fish, usually. But there's a difference between, like, having a good day down there, having a good numbers day down there versus having a, like, 
good numbers day up here. It's like night and day. You know, it's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want me to hit on in particular or talk about? Uh, because I'm running up against needing to say goodbye to SJ before she drives back to Burlington. No, I think we I think we did a good job. I think we can hang in on that. All right. I think we're good. Uh, folks, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, Kyle, we've got an email address, right? We absolutely do. Questions, comments, concerns, hit us up, podcast at flwfishing.com. And uh, I guess other than that, FLW can be found on a variety of social platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much FLW, FLW Fishing. You'll find it. We, we trust you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Kyle, you're Kyle Lumber on Instagram. I'm Jody Blanco. Um, I'm looking for YouTube video title ideas while I'm in Vermont because I'm going to create a bunch of them because I'm going to catch a lot of fish. So feel free to hit me with those, and I guess that'll about do it, right? I think so, man. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. I'll be in Maryland then. I'll be sweating, I'm sure, and I'll be less (laughs) happy. Uh, But we're going to have some big derbies, and that's cool. It is, man. It's uh the All Americans a cool one and the College National Championship. Yeah. We got a couple great big ones coming up. We'll have some live coverage from there. So, uh, folks, brace yourself. Yep, I'm hyped. I haven't covered, I I I've only covered the College Fishing National Championship once in my time working at FLW. This will be my second time, and I've covered the All American a bunch, and I get to cover them both this year, which is, it's going to be kind of an exhausting like week, but it's going to be fun because they're two tournaments that are really cool to be at because everyone there really wants to be there and that's fun mm-hmm. yes yes it is it's a kind of a breath of fresh air for sure not that guys don't want to be at tournaments but you know it's a little more business-like at times and oh yeah this definitely. is this is like just by the fact that you got there it's an achievement and that's cool mm-hmm. for sure right. uh I dig it, man. Well, with that, everyone, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Hope everyone catches piles of fish. And until next week, see you.